Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is sponsored by Stephen Rapport in honor of William Essence. This week marks the start of William's 20th year at the Edmund J. Safra Synagogue. Thank you, William, for uh, your years of dedication and service. Um, we love you very much. Breakfast in the Class is also dedicated in loving memory of Randy Abdan, Alea Shalom, Li'inui Nishmat, Rinava Tester, sponsored by her brother, Michael Abdan, Azaku Baruch. Breakfast in the Class is also sponsored anonymously from Toronto. I'm leaving the best for last. For the Zechut to find the perfect home and in honor of Rabbi Farhi and the amazing Torah he is sharing daily. Thank you so much, I appreciate that. And finally, last but not least, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in celebration of Haron Shochet's Hebrew birthday by the Shochet family. Mazal Tov, Mabruk. Uh, we should have, like they say, many happy returns. We should be Zocher, Haron, to celebrate together uh, for many, many years in the synagogue. Your amazing work uh, for the synagogue on behalf of the entire community. There's nothing that stops you. Hazaku Baruch, you are uh, like a fine Swiss watch that keeps on ticking exactly on time, all the time. Hazaka Baruch, it is a pleasure to work alongside such a dedicated Eved Hashem, uh, a servant of God. Hazaka Baruch, many years of health, happiness, wealth, success, and everything good for you and your very special family. And of course, Mabruk, on your recent, uh, on your daughter recently getting engaged, Naomi to Duvi, David, David, David. All right, I want to get it right. Mazal tov. Baruch atah Adonai, in the name of the Olam, she'akol yam baro. What they sponsor? <laughs> okay, my friends, we have an interesting parasha here. A parasha that begins by talking about the passing of Sarah Imenu and ends with the passing of Avraham Avinu. Two great lights that disappear from our world in the span of one parasha. And there's an interesting line at the end of the parasha, a line, maybe, um, maybe two lines that we could look at that I think are in some ways remarkable. The pasuk says, <clears throat> right at the end, after Yitzhak marries Rivka, it tells us, Yosef Avraham, and Avraham added on, or he continued, and he remarried, he married this woman, Keturah. And he had children from this woman, Keturah. And he gave them gifts, and he sent them off on their way, and then he, des he delineated and described Yitzhak as his primary heir, both in terms of his uh, fortune, but also in terms of his mission. My friends, there's an amazing lesson in this story of Avraham Avinu, that Yosef and Avraham continued and took a wife and her name was Keturah. Our rabbis tell us who is Keturah, what is her secret identity? Keturah is actually Hagar, the woman that he was married to before, the mother of Ishmael. And according to this opinion, the reason why it changes her name Keturah it's two reasons. One, because her deeds were like the ketoret. They were like the sweet smell of the incense that was brought uh, to bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu honor. And according to the second understanding, she was called Keturah 
because she had waited and she had remained, she had shut herself off, waiting to be reunited with Abraham Avinu after all these years. But be Keturah, uh, who she may be, and whatever the reason why her name was Keturah, the rabbis point out an amazing insight that you see that Abraham Avinu, even though it was the end of his life, even though he'd accomplished what he needed to do in setting up an heir in Yitzhak Avinu, even though he saw that Yitzhak was following in his ways, he still continued to try and build something new. And I th- I'm reminded of the Gemara. The Gemara says about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says from the Pasuk, you know, Uba'erev uh, in the evening, do not lay down your hands. He says if a person had children when they were young, they should have children when they're old. If a person made students when they were young, they should make students when they're old. If a person as well <clears throat> um, learned Torah when they were young, they should learn Torah when they're old. <inaudible> Sometimes a person feels that all of the work that they do, they do when they're young. And when they're old, it's time to relax. But the Pasuk, the Torah held that the opposite was true. That every new stage of life offers a new stage of opportunity for a person to grow and sometimes to grow in a way that they never able to they were never able to grow when they were younger. You know, sometimes a person has more energy when they're young, but they may, even if they have less energy, they may have much more wisdom when they're old. You know, everyone touted in the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady as a battle between young and old, between energy, uh, you know, and youth, and wisdom, and age. And we all know how that Super Bowl went. Brady decimated uh, uh, Mahomes. My friends, but what we see is that in Avraham Avinu's life, even though chapters had been written, there was never a point when Avraham said, I'm done. At every stage he was trying to build something new. And indeed, he actually managed to build much, uh, 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 you know, things that were great accomplishments even in his old age. You know, the deeper sources tell us that this idea that he had children, he sent them to the East with gifts. They explained that the gifts that he sent his children with were not the remote control cars. It wasn't, uh, you know, stocking stuffers, but rather the gifts that he sent his, student, his sons with to the East were the, uh, were the elements, the mystical understandings of the Eastern religions. And oftentimes when people look at the Eastern religions and the mystical origins of those religions, they don't understand how some of that wisdom is coherent and shares a lot in common with the deeper wisdom in Judaism. And there are sources that teach that this is the, the source, the pasuk that tells us that those, the wisdom that you find in the Eastern religions, actually its source came from Abraham and he sent these people away without Torah, but perhaps this deeper understanding of the unity in the universe, etc., etc., etc. However, my friends, this idea is not just about when a person is old. I want to focus your attention now on a second pasuk. Vayihi, and it was, after Abraham died, Vayivarech, and Hashem blessed Yitzhak. What does it mean? And it was after Abraham died, that's when Hashem blessed Yitzhak. He didn't bless him during the lifetime of his father. <clears throat> he wasn't blessed to find Rivka. He wasn't blessed in the aftermath of the Akedah. 
He's only blessed now that his father dies. My friends, we see over here a recurring theme. Avraham Avinu, in order to be blessed, in order to have what he needed to have, he needed lech lecha, he needed to travel from the house of your father. Now, while the house of Yitzchak's father was not like the house of Avraham's father, the house of Avraham's father was a house of Abu Dazara. It was a house perhaps uh, that didn't match his values. But even in the house of Avraham Avinu, Yitzchak needed to step out from behind the shadow of Avraham in order to fully realize the blessings that were coming to him. Ultimately, there's many times that a person is deferring to their father. They're deferring to something or to someone. And it only happens at a certain point in their life when they then get to step into the sunlight themselves and flower and grow and become their own person. So long as Avraham Avinu was living in this world, Avraham Avinu's teachings, his midot, everything that he was teaching was primary. There wasn't in a certain way, there wasn't a space for Yitzhak to grow. And because that was the case, my friends, Abraham's, Yitzhak's blessing could not come fully to the source until after Abraham Avinu passed. So many times in our lives, my friends, the problem is not that there's not enough biracha. The problem is not that we're not willing to take chances. It's just that things or scenarios have not allowed us to step into a new reality. And the reason why I say this is because oftentimes a person feels like, I tried this already, I can't succeed at this. I, I tried to open a business. I tried to write a sefer. I tried to help open a synagogue or open a yeshiva. I tried to do this, I tried to do that, and they don't realize that the problem wasn't in how much they were trying. It was that there wasn't the beracha because the person had not lived enough the things, things had not shifted enough for that person to be able to have the space in their own life to be able to do. It is a rare leader that is able to allow for the people that are underneath him to be able to, to maximize and to realize their full potential. Rabbi Sachs, whose uh, who's who's, uh, yard site was this past week, was very famous for a lot of things, but one of the lines that he's most often quoted for is that good leaders create followers and great leaders create leaders. It's very difficult sometimes for a leader to be able to create a student where the student is, is able to become his own leader in the lifetime and in the vicinity of his own rabbi. This is not only true with rabbis, it's true with mentors in the business world. You want to be able to shake up an industry and you learn from your mentor. So long as your mentor is around, you don't feel like you could come and bring something new to the game because you learned everything from that person. Sometimes you think it's a lack of kavod. Sometimes you feel that that person has a grip on people's understanding of the situation as is and nothing can be changed until there's time for a new, spa a new, a new world order. But what we learn from Abraham and from Yitzhak is that things that sometimes we were not able to do before, we can have a second crack at, either when we're older or when something else has changed materially in our, materially in our life that we should be able to do. My friends, only this past week, I was approached by someone um, who, <clears throat> who asked me, it's a fascinating thing, 
who asked me if I could please put in a phone call to ask if a certain girl would be willing to meet with him. So the person was very emotional. And I asked him, is everything okay? What's the, you know, I'm happy to make the introduction. Why are you? He says, look, you know, me and this girl, we have a history. You know, we went out once before. We were very close before. We almost sealed the deal before, but at the end, you know, I wasn't mature enough. I made a lot of silly mistakes, but I know that this girl is right for me. I know I love her. I also know she loves me, and we had to walk away from each other because I was immature, I was silly, I wasn't putting her first, other silly things. He says, but I've always known that she was the one for me. And, and, and I, I found this so, it's such an emotional thing that this guy knows he's waiting, 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 dating the world, but it's not working out. This is his destiny, but it, it couldn't happen until he matured, until he grew up. And finally, he's calling me to tell me, you know, I've grown up. You know, can you ask her if she'd be willing to give me a second try? Kitura, our rabbis tell us, she was waiting for him. Kitura means from the Lashon, she was tied. She was waiting for him. They had to separate at the beginning of their marriage because the time wasn't right. Sarai, Menu, etc., etc. Yishmael and Yitzhak couldn't live together, couldn't be together. But now the time came and Kitura was brought back again to Avraham. There are certain experiences, Rabotai, certain birachot that are tied and waiting for us. Sometimes things that we've experienced before, sometimes things that we haven't. Just because it hasn't worked before doesn't mean it won't work now. I think the message and the lesson here is the lesson of second chances. You know, in Judaism, we, lo- we learn that the concept of Teshuvah was so important to God that He created it before the world was even created. And that idea that Teshuvah, that a second chance was created even before a first chance was had, is, is something so, so compelling. It teaches us, my friends, that the second chances of our lives are waiting and we have to be brave enough to go out and to take them. No matter if we think we're old, no matter if we think we've tried, it's no different than the concept of Teshuvah itself. And in fact, perhaps the message itself is even stronger. Perhaps the message itself is that second tries are even more important than first tries. Perhaps that's the reason why Teshuvah was created uh, in the beginning. To allow us to understand that maybe our best efforts are not behind us, but ahead of us. Uh, A fellow came to me and he said, you know, Rabbi, you're recording these classes and they're, they're, they're online. And once they're up and they're, they're in audio form or they're in video form, they're out there forever. He says, I know I write notes, other people write notes. They might one day be turned into a book. He says, and you know, I had the following thought, Rabbi. He says, who knows if maybe the majority or a vast majority of your students have not yet even been born. I was thinking, I said, what do you mean? He says, you know, one day, you know, you'll shuffle off this mortal coil, but these, the books that maybe, the Divrei Torah, the recordings that people, you know, however many people listen now, who knows, perhaps the majority of your students you've not yet met, majority of your students are not, have not even yet been born, and they'll study that which you recorded much after you live. And I was thinking to myself, what an unbelievable idea and a way to live. Who knows if the majority of my success of of my impact on the world, if the majority of the work 
to improve my marriage, if the majority of my ability to study Torah and Gemara, if my majority of my tzedakah, if the majority of the relationship, you know what? Yeah, you think to yourself, my kids, they grow up so fast. You think that at that certain age, now your relationship with your child, it is what it is. Because you know what? I didn't have enough time for them when they were young. Stop. Are they dead? If they're not dead, you have a second chance. I know it sounds weird, but a father can reach out to his son, even if he's 30, even if he's 40, even if he's 50, and spend the time getting to truly know the person on a much deeper level. You didn't have time when you were young, that was a mistake you made then. So long as the candle burns, if taken, there's still time to be, able, uh, to be able to create. One of the most haunting things I ever remember seeing was in a, a, a film, I believe it was in the film, uh, it might have either, um, it was either in uh, uh, Steven Spielberg's film about the, uh, uh, about the Holocaust, um, or it was in The Pianist, one of the two. Uh, and there's a scene where they're going, they're going to the desk, they're marching to the trains, and they want to say things to one another, maybe meaningful things. And the father turns to his daughter and he said, his words to her were, and again, it broke my heart when I saw this, he turns to his daughter and he says, I wish I had gotten the chance to know you better. My friends, you have a phone, you have time, you have your children, you have your parents. Get to know them. However much you know them already, there's more out there. What if the majority of your accomplishments still lie before you? Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.